0: Hey friend. So I know when we start talking about growth, especially spiritual growth, the idea of where to start can feel overwhelming, right? Even the most well-intentioned of us. We can talk ourselves right out of a good thing just by imagining all the things we don't know yet. But that's not going to be our excuse this year. Not if I have anything to do with it. Join me on today's episode as I share with you simple things you can do to study and grow in the word of God. Why is that important? Well, remember, the Bible is the most trusted source of information on the planet. You want to know what God has to say about your life. Trust me. If you're ready, get your shovel. Let's go. Well, 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 look who's back. So I've intrigued you enough to at least convince you to come back one more time. Welcome back. If it's your first time, so glad to have you here. I'm so excited that you are taking this time to invest in yourself. Thank you for realizing that those who think highly of themselves invest in themselves. Thank you for honoring God with your time. You could be spending these 15 to 20 minutes doing anything else, anything else, and yet you are here showing up for yourself, committing to your growth. I am so encouraged by you. I am so proud of you. What you are doing right now matters. You're so awesome. So now let's get to the nitty gritty. Here at Rooted, we are committed to growth. We believe that God's word is an integral part of our growth and personal development. The question that you may be having right now, depending on where you are in your relationship with God, where you are in your comfort level with studying his word, is how do our modern day lives in 2022 intersect with this sacred ancient text? Is it still relevant? Does God still have something to say about how we live our lives today? And Shania, how in the world do I start to apply this wisdom to my life if I don't clearly understand it? I love your questions. You're so good. So my pastor mentor, coach, Dr. Darius Daniels teaches this concept and it's brilliant is that God is the ultimate intellect. God is the ultimate intellect, meaning that there is no area of your life that God is not aware of and no area of your life in which he is not an expert. Let me say that again. There's no area of your life that God is not aware of and no area of your life that he is not an expert in. So, that tells me that if God is the ultimate intellect, And that there is a book written by man, but inspired by the Holy Spirit, that details God's plan, his desires, his will for my life. I want in on that. I want access to the cheat codes, right? And I get it. Look, I get it. Some of us are so put off by the idea of studying God's word. It feels antiquated. It feels unrelatable. It feels offensive to those who have been through a season where you endured some poor examples, you sat under some bad teaching, there were some misinterpretations of God's word that were placed on you, there were some miscommunications, and you lived in in a space of confusion, maybe you endured some church trauma, I get it, I honor your experience. I get that it makes diving into the Bible and reinvesting in spiritual growth. It can be off-putting. It can feel overwhelming. It can be undesirable, unpalatable. I get all of that. But I'm going to ask you to trust me today. And I'm going to ask you to just set aside whatever has happened in the past, whatever experience you may have had. And I want you to understand that you are not listening to this podcast. By accident, but I believe by Godly divine intervention, I'm going to ask you to please give God's Word another chance. That's all I'm asking. So if we were sitting across from each other, just you and I, having a conversation, and we were talking about spiritual growth and and diving back into God's Word again, or maybe for the first time, you might ask me, Shanae, what kind of Bible should I get? where do I even start? And I would say, look, friend, get the kind that you're most comfortable reading. Some of you may not be aware, but the Bible comes in different versions, translations, paraphrases, and some of you may be saying different versions. So does does one Bible say one thing and and another another? Yes and no. (laughs) So it's the same concept, the same stories being translated in different languages, not as in English, Spanish, etc. Although, yes, you can get those as well. But just in different phraseology, as the people were talking, some people talk with large words, very elevated. And some just, you know, keep it real on a basic level. You want to pick a Bible that you can understand. It should feel like a conversation. So for example, many of us are familiar with the King James Version. I almost couldn't get it out. That's how dry it is. (laughs) I don't like the King James Version. I said it. Yeah, I said it. I don't read it. I don't like to study it. I find it to be dry. I can't get into it. So the likelihood that I'm going to invest in the time to study it to try to interpret it properly, apply it is it's pretty slim, right? However, someone else may find the King James Version to be exactly what they need. We're all different. There's no right or wrong version of the Bible to have. Some people like the who to therefores and where whence hit hitherto and all of that, that's great. No shade, but it's not for me. And if it's not for you, that's okay too. We got to let go of these old ideals, these old generational things that try to tell us the King James Version is the only real version. It's the only Bible that you can study. Yeah, we can hold on to these old antiquated ideas that we have to only use a certain type of Bible and we'll stay stuck, not growing, not studying, not learning. And instead, we need to break out of that shell. Find a Bible you can read and understand right? Find one. As a baby believer, I began with the New Living Translation. It's still one of my favorites. It's one I refer to often, especially if I'm having a hard time understanding a new scripture or a verse or a concept. Another beginner-friendly version is the NIV, the New International Version. If you are big into descriptive text, meaning you like where uh, words are defined within the text, and concepts are explained within the the biblical text itself, within the verse. The Amplified Version is great, the AMP. The Christian Standard Bible is the one that I use primarily now. It's supposed to be the most accurately translated version. To me, it's it's a little bit of a mix. Not between the King James and New Living, but it's a little more elevated than the New Living. It requires me to do some more study, right? It challenges me a little bit. But I incorporate all different type of versions, depending on what I'm studying or what the verse is. However, the Holy Spirit leads. So don't feel like even if you find a version you like, that you have to be compelled to only use that version. I've told you about BibleGateway.com, and that could be a great way to decide which version you like. Choose a portion of scripture, a chapter, and then click in the drop down on the different versions. Read them, see which one sounds, uh comfortable or feels comfortable one that you can read and understand do that with a couple passages of scripture test it out and then invest in a bible i would encourage it, uh, you to invest in a study bible why because it's going to have the footnotes it's going to have correlating scriptures so that you can look up other scriptures that discuss the same content the the same concept because one of the things we want to be aware of when we're studying the bible is to take scripture in context we don't want to cherry pick a scripture right? We could we could pick a scripture like uh, slaves obey your master. And we know that that, that was used, right, in history as a, a domination tool. But written in the context of that letter, that's not what it meant. <laughs> and so we want to be very clear that when we're studying the word, that we're being clear about context, because that affects interpretation which affects application. So we've got a version of the Bible we like. It's a study Bible, preferably. Then we talk about tools to use, a pen and a highlighter, right? Let's not make it complicated. Let's not make it complicated. People ask me all the time, like, well, what what pen do you recommend? What highlighter do you recommend? Um, The kind that write and the kind that highlight. So it just really depends. Some people are not big on writing in their Bibles. I'm a huge proponent of writing in your Bible. But that's a personal choice. You can specifically get a journaling Bible that allows you to take notes. They have wider margins. You can get an illustrating Bible, which allows you to creatively uh, demonstrate on the page what it is that you took from that portion of scripture. If you want to see examples of that, you can check out my Instagram, Shania, S-H-I-N-I-A, underscore Lambert. Again, that Shania, S-H-I-N-I-A underscore Lambert. On Instagram, you can see some examples of some um, illustrated Bible journaling that I've done. But ultimately, you need your Bible. You need something to write with. You need a highlighter. Then you need some type of information storage or management system. Low key, where are you going to keep your notes, right? Are you going to write them down in a notebook? Are you going to keep them in a Word document? Is there an app that you use? Are you going to have a Google Docs? Where are you going to keep your notes? And the reason why it's important to keep your notes is because, remember, we're not just reading through and taking notes just to say we've done it. This is not about an assignment. This is not checking a box off on a list of to-do. This is to have a system of wisdom that we can refer back to when we need to remember what we've prayed for, what we've studied, what it is that God has taught us about a particular issue. And so we want to make sure that these notes are easily accessible, that they're organized in a way that we understand it. It doesn't have to be a system that anyone else understands, but we want to make sure that it's a system that we understand so that we can easily reference the notes that we've taken and where we've already grown with God. I want to take a minute to pause because I can feel some of my type A perfectionist being triggered, right? Repeat this after me. I relieve myself of the pressure to get it all right all the time. I relieve myself of the pressure to get it all right all the time. We good? Okay. So we've got our Bible, we've got our pen and our highlighter, we've got our notebook. Now what? I think it's great to set the atmosphere. You're going to want to remove any devices When you're getting ready to study, uh, that might be distracting. So turn the TV off, turn the computer off, turn the phone on silent. Let your family know, hey, I'm going to have some time with God. Uh, I need to not be disturbed. If you're a mom like me, good luck. (laughs) But we do the best we can. You might consider playing some praise and worship music. Um, If the words are distracting, you might just want to focus on playing instrumentals. You can open up in prayer, right? It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. You just start talking to God. You know, you can switch it up some days if if that's what works for you. Sometimes something will be heavy on your heart. And before you study, you just got to get that thing out to God. I highly recommend. The idea is that you are quieting your mind and you are asking God to reveal himself to you through his word. You're asking him to please give you wisdom that you would not otherwise possess and for the Holy Spirit to partner with you, to teach you, to guide you, and to help you obediently apply what it is that you've learned. When it comes to actually studying the scripture, I use a very simple approach. First, I already know what I'm going to study. I don't go into a study or devotional time blind. I find I waste a lot of time that way. So if you're just starting out and you've never studied the Bible, a lot of people are going to tell you to start with the gospels, the stories that tell about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything we read is about Jesus, so there's no wrong, <laughs> there's no wrong answer here. And if that's where you feel comfortable starting, by all means. As I've studied more and more about the Bible, if someone were to ask me personally, I would say start with Proverbs. Especially if you you're not familiar with studying the Bible. Or you haven't studied in a long time. Why? Well, because Proverbs is all about practical wisdom for life. And I believe that as you start to study Proverbs and understand the mind and character of God, it helps you to better understand the other books in the Bible better. But that's just my personal opinion. I'm just happy if you start. So the first thing I do is I write down the scripture that I'm studying. I am currently Actually, studying the book of Proverbs, I'm taking it real slow. And I'll write down what I believe the theme of that portion of scripture that I'm studying is. What do I mean by theme? Theme is just gonna be your main point. How would I summarize that section of scripture? If I could just write one sentence about what I'm studying, what is the main point? If I find that the theme is getting too long, or I cannot concisely articulate, what it's about, then I know either I've bitten off too big of a chunk of scripture and I need to scale it down, or I don't clearly understand. I'm I'm having some problem with interpretation. So then I'm going to break it down and see, maybe I'm just studying one verse today. Maybe only two. Don't feel the need that you have to study a whole chapter of scripture at a time, because remember, we're not reading just to get through. We're reading for revelation We want to interpret that properly, and we want to be able to apply it to our lives. After I've nailed down the theme, the who, what, when, where, how, why, did I get that one? Then I'm going to start writing out truths. These are just the facts. What does the scripture say? And this is why it's important to have a version of the Bible you understand. And I'm literally just going to write those out in bullet points. And then I'm going to go and study and dig deeper into each of those bullet points. I'm going to use my study Bible notes. I'm going to use footnotes. I'm going to look up some of the correlating scriptures. I may use the concordance in the back of my Bible, which is just where the topics in the Bible are broken down in alphabetical order. I may look at some of the maps in the back. I may look up Matthew Henry commentary, which you can just Google. It's a free resource online. Now, this is the only exception I make to Old English. It is written Old English style. It may not be the best resource for beginners, but I find that if you work at it, you will find so many gems and wealth of knowledge uh, in this commentary that I don't find in a lot of modern day commentary. So even if it's not for you now, keep it on your shelf. Keep it in the back of your mind as a resource you may want to use later. Again, that's the Matthew Henry commentary. You can Google it online. So now I'm going to start to flush those notes out. And I'm really going to dig in to try to see how this scripture is speaking to me. How, how is the Holy Spirit helping me to interpret it? Again, I'm going to read maybe a few scriptures above, a few scriptures below, because I want to make sure I'm getting it in proper context. I'm going to want to make sure I know who's speaking, to whom are they speaking, right? Is this something that God was speaking specifically to a certain group of people? Or is this something that he intends to apply to me right now? I want to understand the culture of the time. I want to understand why certain words were used. And this is why it's great to just take a little bit of scripture at a time. Because this is the thing. You can be someone who's read the Bible five times through from cover to cover, and that's beautiful. But if you don't understand what you've read, and if you don't know how to apply it to your life, then all you've done is read a book. I would much rather be someone who takes the word one scripture at a time if I have to and really meditate and wrestle with that thing until I understand it can clearly apply it to my life and start to see my life transformed, right? Because the Bible's supposed to work, believe it or not. It is intended to work. So let's make sure we work it. So now we've got our theme. We've written down our truths. We've dug into and studied them for proper interpretation Now we get to application. Now that I have a clear understanding of what I've read, how is God leading me to apply this to my life? This can be different for each of us depending on what season of life we're in. It could be wisdom he's giving us now that's gonna help us in our future. It could be something that we need to apply and change right now. It could help us understand something we've done in our past. Think about it. And then last but not least, I try to always close out in prayer. Thanking God for his revelation, thanking the Holy Spirit for interpretation, asking for the strength and the ability to be obedient, to succeed with practical application. So, you know, I believe in being transparent. I want to be very honest with you. In the beginning, if you've not been in your word in a while, if you've not used a study method, if you've never opened the Bible, Even if your heart is excited about spiritual growth, in the beginning, it's going to feel like work. Sometimes it may be uncomfortable. Sometimes you may feel alone and like you need additional help. If that's you, DM me on Instagram. I'd be happy to help with your questions. Sometimes the application is going to feel unnatural. If you don't have a good support system around you, people will try to push and re- and get you to, re- you know, rebel against what you're learning. These things are natural. These are the things that are going to happen. I want to also be honest with you. This is not to be spooky or to scare you. But the closer you try to go to God, know that opposition will try to come against you. You have a very real enemy of your soul. He does not desire to see you grow closer to God. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. You are right where you're supposed to be. Do not become discouraged by the pressure of perfection. We don't do perfection here. We focus on progress. Remember from our last episode on acceleration, small incremental steps lead to lasting and sustainable success. Small incremental steps lead to lasting and sustainable success. Before we go, I want to talk to you about how you spend your time. Because you know that for me, there's no greater investment that you can spend in how you use your day than spending time with God. And I thank you for coming here today because, again, you could be spending this time doing anything else that you'd like. And yet you have chose to spend that time with me. You're investing in yourself. Time is the one resource that you have. They cannot be replenished. Just think about that. You can't get today back. The hours that you have been allotted in today, however you use them, however you spend them, they're gone. So think about this when you hear terms like how you spend your time, right? What you pay attention to. Those words spend and pay carry a lot of weight. You spend an hour scrolling on TikTok. You just pay TikTok with an hour of your life. You watch three of your favorite shows on TV every night. You've just spent three hours. You pay DirecTV or whoever, (laughs) Hulu, Netflix. You paid them with three hours of your life. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in leisure. I believe in rest. I believe in you doing things that you enjoy. But I believe before leisure comes purpose. And purpose requires that I invest in myself and that I am mindful about how I spend my time. So I'd rather spend and give God an hour than give Netflix an hour. And this is not about judgment. This is about believing that you were created to do something amazing. I want you to think of these three three statements. And I want you to repeat them to yourself each morning. Before you've had a time to get laden down with the tasks and things that are awaiting you. I just want you to take a deep breath and think of these three things. I have purpose. Because you do. God has deposited something into you that he intends for you to develop and to walk into. You have been called. Second, I'm not like everyone else. And this is not about being superior, this is not about being arrogant. It is about acknowledging that you are not common. And your desires that others would realize that they're not common. But you are not like everyone else. You can't spend your time like everyone else does. You can't go where everyone else goes. You've got a calling on you. You've got an anointing on you. You're different. Get comfortable with being different. And last but not least, there are people waiting on you. Yeah, that gift that's inside of you, people are waiting on you. There is someone who needs what you have, and only you have it to give. You have purpose. You are not like everyone else, and there are people waiting on you to realize that. You got this, friend. You got this. Don't forget, if you want to keep up with me on social media, follow me on Instagram at Shania underscore Lambert. Please feel free to DM me with any questions you may have, and I promise I will get back to you, and I may feature your question on an upcoming episode. I can't wait to hear from you. I'm Shania, and this is Rooted. Rooted. <laughs>